Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. You know, one of the key components of police work is something that I say all the time. It's about providing justice to victims. Uh, And that's just what our detectives are doing in this case and have done in this case. Chief Michael Sullivan giving his props to detectives from the Adult Sex Crimes Unit at the Family Investigations Bureau for the Phoenix Police Department after making an arrest in a case that really takes a heinous criminal off of the street. We'll get into that in a second, but first, welcome to the Phoenix 5-0 Show. I'm your host, Ryan Cody, from the Public Affairs Bureau here at Phoenix PD. We're happy that you're joining us here and hope that you're enjoying your day so far. And what we just alluded to was a press conference, a joint press conference between the Maricopa County Attorney's Office and the Phoenix Police Department, where we were asking for the public's help in identifying a potential victim what we believe is a seventh victim in a string of awful, extremely violent sexual assaults uh, that occurred from, we believe, one suspect, Tyler Mungia. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened here. Um, This whole thing was was brought to our attention after a uh, 22-year-old female uh, came to us describing an extremely violent sexual assault that she said occurred over a six to seven hour time frame. Detectives then spoke to the victim. They recognized similarities to another sexual assault that had been reported a week prior or so. And investigators then dedicated uh, new resources to responding to both of these incidents. Uh, With the assistance of Phoenix PD, the Fugitive Apprehension and Investigation Detail, Tyler Mungia was taken into custody without incident. Uh, It happened within 12 hours of the investigation beginning. So this is great police work, making sure that uh, nothing, he was not able to commit any additional crimes during this time once once we were made aware of everything that happened. So uh, there was a a search warrant that was executed at his house and his vehicle. Uh, They recovered some of his property as well as weapons and items that we believe he used to subdue some of these victims. He was booked into the Maricopa County Jail for several felonies, uh, 59 felony accounts r- counts rated, uh, related to these sexual assaults of um, these victims uh, in the end. So that's what happened after more victims then came forward. Uh, we reached out to them because of details that we were able to obtain during the investigation uh, and went all over the Southwest um, to other states, Nevada, California, to contact these victims and get their stories. A lot of really good detective work has resulted in the arrest and subsequent charging from the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Now, the reason that this press conference was called, though, is because we believe that there is an additional victim out there, and we really would like to get her story. And the reason being, not so we can put her name out there or anything like that, but We want to be able to bring the proper amount of justice in this case, and we need to hear from all the victims, if possible, so that way we can do so. Now, if you'll check the Phoenix Police social media pages on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, we have put pictures of two necklaces that we believe this victim was wearing at the time of of her assault. And we have these pictures. Um, We're not really able to release too much information, but we have these pictures because there is video evidence of some of these assaults. And so we, we know what she was wearing. We know what 
necklaces she had on and, we, and we, we're using those in an attempt to try and reach out to her so we can get their story. So uh, I, after telling you a little bit about this case, I want to send things over to that press conference and we're going to start with Public Information Officer Sergeant Brian Bauer as he is addressing the media to begin. Hello everybody. Thank you very much for joining us today. We have invited you all today to give you and provide you updates for a case that began in June of 2022. This case involves seven victims of sexual assault. Uh, these are violent attacks, violent attacks that do not have any place in our society today. And uh, one of these victims of this sexual assault is still unknown to us. That's kind of why we gather you here today to try to help us identify this missing victim. Uh, we're very concerned with her welfare and we're hoping that the community out there might be able to be able to provide us a little bit of information on who this person is so that we can ensure that, you know, the amount of justice is brought to this case. We'll also be providing photos and a media advisory through emails in the conclusion of this uh, conference. Sergeant Bauer would then go on to introduce Maricopa County attorney Rachel Mitchell as she was describing, you know, everything that went into the charging to bringing all of these felony counts against Tyler Mungia and the work that was done in collaboration with the Phoenix Police Department. Here's Rachel Mitchell. Well, good afternoon. Um, thank you so much for coming out today um, so that the public can be made aware of this uh, investigation and we can get the information out to them. I want to thank the Phoenix Police Department for their exceptional investigation in this case. Obviously, um, people are presumed innocent until proven guilty, but at this point, this is the status of the case. On April 18th, a grand jury indicted 25-year-old Tyler James Munguia of Phoenix on 59 felony counts. Most of them are dangerous felonies. These 59 counts include 38 counts of sexual assault, six counts of kidnapping, six counts of aggravated assault, and nine counts of sexual abuse. A total of six victims are identified in the indictment. Although this is a pending case which limits what I can talk about, I can tell you that these are violent crimes that have been perpetrated against these victims. The dates of the crime span across eight months, starting in October of 2021, with more alleged criminal activity in March, April, May, and June of 2022. The defendant has been in custody at the Maricopa County Jail since June of 2022. And as with other cases, my office has been working closely with the Phoenix Police Department and will continue to do so. After County Attorney Rachel Mitchell spoke, she then gave the microphone up to Interim Phoenix Police Chief Michael Sullivan, who wanted to congratulate the great work of our detectives while at the same time recognizing that there is still more work to be done and that's what we're asking the public for. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us this afternoon. Uh, I particularly want to thank uh, Rachel Mitchell and the Maricopa County uh, Attorney's Office uh, you know, for the partnership in this investigation and every investigation. You know, one of the key components of police work is something that I say all the time. It's about providing justice to victims. Uh, and that's just what our detectives are doing in this case and have done in this case. And I have to commend the detectives, the supervisors, the analysts, and the laboratory staff. 
that worked on this case because this was a case that took hours and hours and took us across the country uh, to be able to locate victims. And it was only through the relentless work of the Phoenix Police Department detectives and supervisors and analysts and lab personnel that we were able to identify these victims. It just so happens that this week is National Crime Victims Week. And, you know, what a better way to mark this week than show through the dedication of what we have with the detectives here at the Phoenix Police Department and all the members of the Phoenix Police Department. Even with all that work that's been done, uh, this case is not over. We need your help. Uh, we're going to talk about it in just a few minutes. We believe that there could potentially be another uh, victim out there that we need the public's help to identify. Uh, I also want to thank Lieutenant Fields for your work and your leadership with your team uh, and making sure that uh, we got to this point in this case. And it was only through your leadership uh, and, and yours too, Commander DeCastro. Thank you. Uh, at this time, I'll turn it over to Commander DeCastro uh, to answer some questions. And last but not least, uh, we turn the microphone at this press conference over to Commander Ed DeCastro, who's over the Family Investigations Bureau. And uh, he has been a part of this from, from the jump, basically, from the beginning and wanted to also give thanks to his detectives, but, but call for help from the public, give a little bit more information about this case, so that way we can, we can hear from this victim and a little of the reason into why we would like to hear from this victim. Thank you all. Um, I want to start by uh, first thanking the outstanding, incredible work that was done by the detectives, the crime analyst, uh, the lab, and the supervisors, as Chief Sullivan said. Um, the amount of work that went into um, this investigation and putting all the pieces together is astounding. Um, so I really, truly do thank you guys for the amount of work that you put in um, because it is bringing closure to a lot of victims out there. Um, one of the things that we do at the family Investigations Bureau is we are very victim-centric, and we try to have a multidisciplinary approach to dealing with uh, victims of these types of crimes. Um, so they do an incredible job of really focusing in on the victim's care, resources, and what we can do to help them get through this uh, incredible time that they're going through. So again, I commend all of them as well as everybody else in the Bureau because they do an, uh, an outstanding job. So the one thing that I uh, wanted to say, uh, as uh, Chief Sullivan stated earlier, we have a seventh victim that we want to make sure that she's okay and we want to check welfare on her. The only thing that we have on her at this point, and you, you all will receive or have received the bulletin, um, are two necklaces that she's wearing. Um, one that says angel, and another one that has a charm or pendant ring type, uh, type style on it. Um, she is a white or Hispanic female, uh, approximately 18 to 22 years old, um, and she, is, um, she has red or auburn hair. However, that could be a wig, so it could be anything, but that's what it looks like. Um, if anybody has any information on who she is, we really want to make sure that she's okay, get her resources, 
um, and find out what her story is. Please call um, Silent Witness, 480-WITNESS, to, uh, to let us know so that we can contact her. If there are other victims that we don't know about, please call Crime Stop so that we can contact you um, and get your story and, again, uh, bring some closure to you as well. Again, that was Commander Ed DeCastro from the Family Investigations Bureau and the Adult Sex Crimes Unit who did this great work to bring Tyler Munguia in custody. Now, he mentioned calling Crime Stop, so I want to give you that number real quick if you do have any information or maybe if this victim is listening to our show. The number for Crime Stop is 602-262-6151. Again, Crime Stop, 602-262-6151. Now, these are some particularly violent assaults, and what we were able to determine through our investigation was Mungia tortured the victims over several hours, resulted in serious physical and mental trauma. Investigators reported that the attacks depicted in the videos they saw Um, were some of the most violent and traumatic incidents that they have ever investigated in their experience, which is saying a lot. Uh, Unfortunately, these detectives have seen some pretty heinous things in their time. Many of them have at least a decade's worth of experience investigating violent sexual crimes. And so uh, getting this person off of the street was a top priority. And as you could tell, being able to do it in 12 hours or less from beginning this investigation. So great work by those detectives. Uh, That's going to be it for our show here today. We want to remind everybody again that we are going to Police Week in Washington, D.C. We're sending a crew there, and we will bring you more about that coming up on our social media channels. And then once Police Week happens in Washington, D.C., that crew will then be updating the social channels uh, while they're there to give you an update on what's going on in D.C. We hope everyone has a great day. You've been listening to 50Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.